Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Crimson red glistened grimly in stark contrast against pristine white snow. Even in death, colour seemed to mock him. Clutching his stomach, breath freezing in the air, he watched blood flow from him as freely as ink once did from his pen. Survivor of countless duels, Alexander Pushkin wondered if his life was fated to always end this way. This is King Caruso, the Black History Buff, and welcome to the Black History Buff podcast. Each episode will be going through another chapter from Black History and showcasing one of the amazing characters from Black History. You can find us on Instagram at blackhistorybuff777 and at bhbmedia777, also on Instagram. So please kick back, relax, and enjoy today's show. Born in 18th century Russia, Alexander Pushkin was Russian nobility and would eventually become immortalised as the father of Russian literature. Pushkin was born in Moscow on the 26th of May, 1799. His great-grandfather was Abraham Petrovich Ganabal. Ganabal, sometimes written Hannibal, was very young when he was kidnapped from Africa and sent to Constantinople as a captive. From there, he was brought to the court of Peter the Great in St. Petersburg. The Tsar became very fond of the young boy. He made him his godson, giving him his name, Petrovich, meaning son of Peter, and sent him to study in France. Ganabal's rank and accomplishments eventually allowed him noble status. This status permitted Pushkin, aged 12, to enter the freshly created Imperial Lychee, a school for the elite, at St. Petersburg. Described at the time by his teachers as lazy, inattentive in class, and immodest, and as making mediocre progress. Pushkin stunned those very same teachers three years later when aged only 15, he published his first poem to national acclaim. The fantastic thing about this poem was that it was written in Russian and not French, which was the language of the elite at that time. By the age of 18, Pushkin was the most famous writer in all Russia. Known as much for his witty sarcasm as his writing, no one was safe from his cutting commentary and he collected as many enemies as he did supporters. Pushkin 
Pushkin took the Russian language to new heights, expressing the plight of ordinary people in words of living beauty. He represented love in so many aspects and new forms that it was impossible for Russian poets to speak of love in the ordinary sense of the word again. This is one of his poems. I loved you once, nor can this heart be quiet, for it would seem that love still lingers there. But do not you be further troubled by it. I would in no wise hurt you, oh my dear. I loved you without hope, a mute offender. What jealous pangs, what shy despairs I knew. A love as deep as this, as true as tender. God grant another may yet offer you. This was 18th century Russia, and approximately 40 million Russians were caught in a system of serfdom, or as we would call it now, slavery. Forced to work from morning till night, whipped, branded, and sold like cattle, families were sold from estate to estate and torn apart in the process. Pushkin, being from one of the noble Russian families, was spared from this torture, but the misery of the people touched this soul, and he used his pen to express the plight of the masses and fight for liberty, declaring that the serfs were men and brothers, not chattels. He was the first writer of note to say this. This is an ode to liberty written by Pushkin. O oh, shake and shiver tyrants of the world, but lend an ear, ye fallen slaves, gain courage and rise. His poem stirred the spirit of the people to such an extent that in 1820 he was eventually wrested and almost banished to the frozen waste of Siberia. But even then he continued to move the people and speak out against the brutal oppression. In December 1825, a secret society inspired by his writings made an attack on the new Tsar, Nicholas. The plot failed, and several of the men were executed. Others were banished to Siberia. Pushkin, who was not there during the attack, escaped punishment. However, his name had been discovered on the books of the society. Knowing how popular Pushkin was with the masses, Nicholas decided that winning him over was the best course of action, and so the two rulers met in the Tsar's palace. The following is my description of what took place. A log fire burned fiercely in the palace throne room, casting amber light and brooding shadows across the two men as they faced each other like opposing pieces on a chessboard. Nicholas, master of the people's bodies, was white. Pushkin, master of the people's hearts, played black. White moved first. The Tsar spoke. Were you a friend of the conspirators against me? Pushkin, back, now turned to the fire, casting a shadow over the Tsar in a sign of complete disrespect, replied. That is true, your majesty. I love those so-called conspirators deeply, and I shall ever love and esteem them. What would you have done had you been in St. Petersburg on the 14th of December, Nicholas asked. I should have been in the ranks of the rebels, Pushkin coolly replied. That would have caused us great sorrow, replied the Tsar. We are grateful for all you have done for Russia, and wish you to always be near us. We name you Imperial Historian. Check. Pushkin realising that accepting this position would tie him to the very establishment he was trying to bring down, declined. However, the Tsar persisted. 
countering Pushkin's defence by making an offer Pushkin could not refuse, while also providing his opponent with the opportunity to keep advancing Russian literature and poetry from his new position. Boxed in, Pushkin reluctantly accepted. Checkmate. From his new position, Pushkin's star rose even higher. People fought to publish his work for vast sums of money, but Pushkin hated this new environment, preferring to be with the people. He once said, When I meet fools and hypocrites, it is all I can do to keep from biting them. As his fame continued to grow, so did the number of his enemies. Unable to compete with him intellectually, they sought to make fun of his ancestry. There goes the Negro, a descendant of cannibals, is one quote. A black man badly whitened, is another. His detractors claimed he was the descendant of African monkeys. Rather than refute the claims, Pushkin mocked them by doubling down on them, writing, I pleasure the young beauties with the unbridled furies of my African passion. There was some truth in this, as Pushkin's love affairs were legendary. Finally, unable to break his spirit by attacking his colour, his enemies decided to strike through his wife, Natalie, spreading rumours of infidelity. Two of his main enemies circulated anonymous letters saying that Natalie had been unfaithful to Pushkin with the Tsar. In 1836, Pushkin, believing he had finally found the source of one of these writings, a Baron Hecron, a French ambassador, challenged his son, Baron Dianthes to a duel. Pushkin could not, due to the age and position of Hecron, challenge him directly, so he did the next best thing. And besides, Dianthes had already been paying far too much attention to Pushkin's wife, and so was a legitimate target in his own right. Dianthes, however, avoided the duel by declaring that he was only showing attention to Pushkin's wife to get close to her sister. And while dubious... Pushkin withdrew the challenge. The peace did not last, as Dianthes continued to pay attention to Pushkin's wife, even after marrying her sister. Rumours spread like wildfire, and Pushkin's enemies fanned the flames of the gossip with glee. Finally, Pushkin had enough, and reissued the duel. This time, bound by honour, Dianthes was forced to accept. The two men met at dawn in February 1837. In snow and biting wind, the two men faced each other, pistols drawn. Crack! Dianthes fired first, hitting Pushkin in the abdomen. With weakened aim and unsteady, Pushkin shot back. Crack! Dianthes was hit. It was just a flesh wound. Pushkin's wound, however, proved to be fatal and he died two days later. Pushkin's death caused outrage in Russia. The poet of the people was dead. The Tsar, fearing a revolt, ordered a private funeral, but concerned that this would further inflame the anger of the people, had Pushkin's body secretly buried at night outside St. Petersburg. Dianthes and his father were driven out of Russia, and Pushkin's enemies were hunted down one by one, and either executed or exiled. But even this did not quiet the people, and the Tsar had to eventually resort to 
banning mention of Pushkin's name in public. Despite this, Pushkin's name lived on in the heart of the people, and he and his writings are now inseparably bound with literature and Russian culture. Okay, so that piece was just about Alexander Pushkin, and I had a great time learning about him. Um, as some of you may or may not know, I've always struggled with writing. Um, I was diagnosed with dyslexia um, in my early 30s, and that was a light bulb moment to me um, because I realized that something that I'd been struggling with my whole life, um, writing more so than reading, um, had a name and there was a reason for it and there were tools that I could actually use to help me. And in researching this piece, um, and reading about Pushkin and the things that he had to go through in his life it really inspired me to push a bit harder and to try and add a bit more flair into my writing I mean I've read black authors before um, there's numerous amounts and uh, you know it's something I really enjoy doing but just reading about you know an 18th century black writer who became the father of Russian language just really inspired me to just try and do something a little bit extra so I'm hoping that you noticed I tried to be a bit more dramatic in my delivery of this and in some of the writing that I've done here I'm trying and um, I'm going to keep trying and I'm going to keep trying to push things forward and um, keep it moving also in researching this piece I found something crazy I, uh, so Pushkin, whilst um, exiled, so they didn't actually exile him to Serbia, they moved him to southern Russia, and he wound up in this place called, um, and involved in something called the Caucasian War. And I came across this and was like, what? The Caucasian War? I mean, Pushkin was traveling through the Caucasus Mountains, um, which is where we get the word Caucasian from. And I didn't realize there was anything called the Caucasian War. And what this was is this was actually a war that Russia waged against the people of the Caucasian mountains. Now, this is quite literally the white on white crime that nobody ever speaks about. You have Russia waging a war on the people of the Caucasus mountains that was actually called the Caucasian War and this wasn't even the first Caucasian war it also wasn't the last and during this Caucasian war they actually virtually ethnically cleansed a whole race of people called the Carcidians now these Carcidians were rumored to be the source of the Caucasian race by those people who were studying something called phonology um, where they looked at the skulls and the cranium to work out who was what race at the time we all know it was nonsense and it's been since debunked and it's all just a load of crap right but it blew my mind because at the same time in say America and in Europe we actually had African slavery people being shipped over from Africa into America and South America. We had Russians 
actually waging a Caucasian war against Caucasians while we were simultaneously for the first time being classified as black like that's when the race to some degree is round about this area that the races as we now know it were kind of formed and formulated we had um the yellow people we had the red people we then had the brown the black negroid people and we had the white caucasian people and it's this era that this whole time frame that this thing was invented and it blew my mind to think that you have a situation where in america you've got people in chattel slavery whereas meanwhile in russia you have like white people in chattel slavery in really similar numbers going through the same thing and whereas today is always framed as slavery is flame is framed as a black thing um versus white people and it's almost used against us when you hear people talk about black on black crime and why can't black people stick together but at the time in the 18th century at the time when these things were really taking place you had a caucasian war called the caucasian war with what would technically be classified as caucasians warring and wiping out and making extinct other caucasians called cassidians this is crazy and this kind of had an echo with the war versus north and south at the same time where you had the south who were fighting to keep slaves meanwhile what they believed to be the ancestors of their race the Cassidians being wiped out by the Russians and I haven't done uh, any deep 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 research into this but I have got some pictures and a few weeks ago I did actually put some pictures up on my IG page um, of some of these Cassidians and here's the even crazier thing so um, PJ Barnum who ran circuses at the time in america really famous guy if you get a chance to look him up actually had a freak show and part of his freak show was the cassidians and they had something called the cassidian beauty and this was supposed to be the epitome of um white beauty of caucasian beauty at the time now here's the mad thing they had afros and what they would actually do is they would give people afros um they would put their hair through treatments they would um soak the hair in bear and then put them under the heat to make the hair go frizzy to give them afros and this was a representation of what cassidians look like now in my research i found that the reason they did this um or one of the reasons why they may have done this taken these people and i want to say like i don't know the word neg neg negroized africanized them to kind of make them look almost savage like and nearer to what they considered to be yeah to, to make them more savage like because cassidians and the cassidian beauty were famous for being concubines a la sex workers a la prostitutes 
but I'm not going to use the word prostitute. Concubine is more accurate. They were, you know, these people were sold into the sex trade. Um, and because they didn't want the image of Caucasian beauty to be linked with being a sex worker, this one particular fairy was that they tried to make them look almost less Caucasian or what we would consider to be Caucasian by giving them this afro hair and in fact one of the pictures of in PJ Barnum circus is clearly of a black woman with light skin and I just found it hilarious that you have this whole crazy situation of slavery in Russia and then slavery in the States but then you've got the epitome at the time of white Caucasian beauty actually being a black woman with afro hair um, who was light-skinned and, and it just makes me um, laugh my head off uh, if you're into words a word that came to mind when looking into this whole thing was the word aporia and what aporia means is it's a paradox um, it's an irreconcilable um, philosophy or concept or train of thought one that cannot be squared so for me the aporia was this white people are Caucasians but Caucasians are not white and I think the PJ Barnum um, circus show kind of really highlights that if you ever get a chance just look into the the Cassidians and the and the the, the, the Caucasian war because it's just really fascinating especially when you line it up parallel with what was happening in the states at the time one day um if there's demand for it I may actually do a post on it but anyway as for right now um my name is King Caruso I'm the black history buff um that was uh a talk, a presentation, a podcast on um, uh, gosh, Alexander Pushkin. Um, I hope you enjoyed it. Please, if you want more information, I will be putting together some images and um, some notes from this, some text, maybe some quotes as well. So please check out my Patreon page have a look at it um consider being a patron it would really go a long way to helping me being able to ditch my job so i can do this full time make longer stories make better stories improve the quality um also check out the sister page bhb which has um interesting facts and quotes and is just a shorter version of what i do here and you can also check out my instagram page which is black history above 777 which is an instagram post of um, some of the posts that I talk about on my podcast and they kind of work hand in hand together so please check out my Patreon I would be so honoured um, if you would consider patronising me um, as it would free me up some time but if not that's fine just listen to the podcast please like, share, comment check me out on Facebook check me out on Instagram and really just share the story you don't even have to mention me just share the story enjoy it be moved by it be inspired by it um go away maybe look at your own work and say to yourself do you know what maybe i can push a bit harder i can go a bit further i can be a bit more inspiring maybe i can i too can do something to leave my mark on this world and really just go for it just live life be the be the best that you can possibly be 
um, and help to uplift the people around you. Each one, teach one. And um, so that's me, King Clarice, the Black History Buff. Just wishing everybody a great day. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, 
we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.